What's up, everybody? And welcome back to another episode of the Professional Athlete Podcast. We are joined this week by Ari Tula. Ari is a San Francisco-based entrepreneur, and he's the co-founder and CEO of Smart Nutrition Service, LO Health. The company has a really cool approach, and their mission is to transform food from the leading cause of disease to medicine. And we're going to talk a bit specifically about how they do that. Prior to that, Ari was the CEO of Quest Analytics, and they're the market leader in doctor data and network management. And before that, co-founder and CEO of Better Doctor. So in his career, he's always kind of straddled that line between both technology and health. And we had a really good conversation about how that came to be. Also interesting, he's an angel investor. And in addition to a number of, what is it, almost 40 startups, he's invested in companies like Verta Health, Good Eggs, and Aura. So this guy's tapped into the space, <laughs> suffice to say. We had a great conversation. We kind of go all over the place. We talk about a bunch of different things. We eventually get around to talking about the incredibly innovative stuff they're doing over at, at LO Health. But I genuinely, genuinely enjoyed this one. We talk about him growing up as a young gaming enthusiast in Finland and coming to America, starting a company in Silicon Valley, having the successful exit story, becoming a CEO. Incredible. We talk a bit about what the future of healthcare looks like against this backdrop of rapid technological innovation. We also talk about the wake-up call that caused him and his family to completely change their approach to nutrition and wellness. And you know what eventually was born out of that was this concept of smart nutrition. So hope you enjoy this one. And if you do, would you be so kind to leave us a rating and a review? And make sure to follow us wherever you're listening. And for those who are more visually inclined, the show is now up on YouTube. So feel free to watch us there and, and hey, give us a follow. <sighs> All right, folks. Well, with that said, let's get it started. Please welcome Ari Tella to the show. Here we go. We, we're going up. Welcome to the show. Hey, thank you, Ken. Great to be here. Yeah, I'm, I, I was just telling you, I'm, I'm personally very excited about this one. Um, I don't think we've, you know, we've had some great conversations with nutritionists, um, but I think a lot of those conversations have been more broad strokes. It's like, hey, like, you know, <laughs> what are the core foundational principles of nutrition? And then what are some of the other, you know, oftentimes it ends up being diet centric. Um, and, and I don't mean that to say that like we're pushing diets here, but it's like trying to understand a lot of these approaches that I think are becoming popular and trying to help people make sense of like what the heck is going on. Um, and so when I came across your company and what you're doing, I thought this was a really interesting space and personally, uh, wanted to find out a lot more about what you're doing over with LO health. Um, so, but maybe before we get into that, you know, one of the things that I'm personally interested in understanding is, is how does one come from Finland and end up being a tech entrepreneur in Silicon Valley? <laughs> it's a, it's a long story. Um, and, uh, I think it, it all started, uh, I think when I was maybe seven year old, my, my dad, he, he was a research scientist and he, he got a first PC at home. That was, you know, early 80s. And of course, you know, you couldn't do a whole lot of research on a PC at that time, but you, know, you had a few games. So 
I started mm. to play games, tinker with the computers, and and I I got hooked uh, from very young age, and I became one of the maybe the first digital natives. So I I, I was maybe 14, and I I got connected to the internet. That was mm. like you know early 90s, and um, and I actually enrolled to university in my high school just to get the faster broadband. And uh, I mean the gaming was kind of my thing. I, I I've been working gaming for a long time. I'm still okay. involved in some games companies, but you know I was one of the first people in the world to play video games and make money in in the mid 90s, and not just playing games for money like you know poker or whatever, but I was playing these multiplayer games like World of Warcraft and Ultima Online. The precursor of those like text-based games You're and i was one me. of the i was one of the top players in the world and i i basically you know killed monsters to get like swords and armor and i was selling those for real money and and making i don't know like you know five thousand bucks a year in high school and my my mom think i'm selling drugs <laughs> so that's kind of my my background so you got into these things early and and then i i, I got to tech later on i was in a startup already in 99 and and, but, you know, I got to work at Nokia at the, at the heyday of Nokia when, mm. you know, we invented the, the first smartphones before iPhone and Android. We invented the App Store. We invented the games on mobile. And yeah. I came to Silicon Valley uh, almost 15 years ago to, to run a new unit for Nokia called uh, Game Studios and App Studios. So we built a lot of different, you know, games and apps uh for the nokia smartphones back in the day so that was my my route and often you know i mean i'm an immigrant i'm a i'm a you know i'm also american today but you know many people ask me like how did you get here like you know my my wife is always laughing at this that you know when we came you know we had movers coming to our house in finland they packed our stuff they even packed the trash and then you know we go to the u.s on, on business flight and and you know then we go to a new house somebody's unpacking everything and like the easiest thing in the world to get in the new country. <laughs> yeah, the, logistically, it was actually easy. It sounds it was, like it um, was very easy. So, but you know, it was. I mean, it was a dream of mine to, to, to. I, I'm, I'm on, I'm an athlete, uh, uh, wannabe today, and I played hockey all my youth, and um, I always wanted to play in NHL, and mm. never was big enough. I'm, you know, barely six foot on a good day, and too, too skinny to be a defender. But you know, I, I at <laughs> least I got the chance to play the. Um, NFL of entrepreneurship in the Valley for the last decade and, and, and half. And I mean, yeah. it's been an amazing journey and I, I wouldn't give a day back. It's been most amazing time in, in, in my life to see, you know, the rise of smartphone and, and all the data AI that happened. And, and uh, it's been a blast, I mean, to be here. Oh yeah. Oh, I can't even imagine. I mean, just uh, you were, you were in Silicon Valley at the right time, but what's amazing to me, so you were like 20, 25 years early to what are now NFTs in gaming. <laughs> I mean, but what's crazy is you were doing it without the whole like built-in ecosystem. And uh, I mean, do you just based on your background, like, do you follow that at all? What's going on with like play to earn gaming and all of that right now? Yeah, I, I follow a lot and I'm, I'm uh, involved as a, you know, investor uh, advise some companies today in the gaming and not, not so much gaming, but I, I look at like edutainment, edugaming, can you learn by playing a game? Can you bring gaming into health, for example? Those are the things I, I care about oh, or, or training. Uh, but, yeah. you know, I you know I was in every virtual world that there has been, I've been playing it along. So like Second Life, I had a city there and, you know, 
all these other things. And I've been waiting for the Ready Player One world or the meta to happen for yeah. 30 years. So I'm so stoked at the moment that, you know, people are coming to my, my, my room and I can finally <laughs> talk to people about it because I was such a nerd when I talked about this because people really didn't understand what it is. Right. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, I was living it and I mean, this is maybe not topical today, but I love this. No, but please so to think about this for a moment that, you know, like the biggest problem like we have or one of the biggest problems now in the in the whole virtual reality that, you know, we have this uncanny valley concept that, you know, mm. things kind of look real, but they don't look right. Like if I built your avatar into the virtual world and you look about the right, but not really right, it feels something like iffy. It doesn't feel good. Mm. And, and the world we go in, in the virtual world, it's a depiction of the world around us. So we copy. And think about when I played these games as a kid, it was text-based. And, you know, okay. the most powerful thing when you want to immerse yourself into a new world, it's not about watching a movie. It's not about, you know, listening to audiobook. It is about reading because you read slowly and then you move in that world. So, I mean, still mm. today when I go to my, my parents' place at times and they are cooking some food that I was smelling when I was playing these games, I can go into that portal in that world because of the smell, the sound, the familiarity that you don't really smell elsewhere. So it's a very right. bizarre how powerful these worlds are going to be. And I was addicted. I, I spent 20,000 hours of, of my life playing these games. And yeah. that's a lot of, you know, time. And, and I, I'm fearful yet hopeful about the future of the virtual reality. And, and of course, now with the COVID, we got in this world where Zoom is our portal to other oh, worlds, yeah. like we are talking now and seeing each other, it's not the same as being in, you know, on a room and having maybe a beer together or, or green tea, depending on it. But you know, in the VR, we probably can do that. So yeah. I, I think we're gonna see a, this is maybe the biggest shift of our life uh, that we're gonna we're gonna see in our lifetime when we move from yeah. the, the the iPhone and the Zoom into the real VR. It will happen within the next ten years. Well, and and that's something that I've kind of been fascinated by too it, it does feel and i was just talking i'm trying to remember another guest uh, about a different inflection point but it, it feels like we are at an inflection point where you're about to have like that that hyperbolic growth that hyperbolic just technological expansion and innovation um and so it's it's such an interesting time to be alive right now because things are changing so rapidly and, and to your point too, one of the things I often think about is, you know, when you when you try and have a conversation about maybe like let's say like the metaverse or, you know, some of these really innovative digital technologies, people are like, well, that'll never catch on. I, I I could never get into that. It's like you don't realize it, but you've already dipped your foot in the water if you're spending like all day on Zoom and business meetings. Like it really like yeah. it's the first step. You know, like first it was spending all day staring at your palm to, in whatever immersive experience <laughs> you were doing in your app. But now it's like, you know, it's like just kind of the broader society is slowly becoming comfortable. Um, you know, and so to hear someone like you who's been uh, immersed in it for, you know, the better part of over two decades to say that this is a really exciting point, there's about to be a big change happening, I think is pretty cool. Yeah, no, great, great way to put it because, you know, there's this book uh, that I love called uh, Slow Pace of Fast Change. So everything, is, Ooh, we that think, great. everything we think will happen in the next few years will happen slower than you think. 
but everything that will happen in mm. a decade will happen faster because we we can't understand yeah. exponential growth as human beings. It, it doesn't compute in our brain. So things start right. slow and then they accumulate. And then in 10 years, we are like, like think about 15 years back, we had this, uh, you know, we carried like a, like a bulky phone that weighed it, uh, you know, 10 kilos or whatever, or 20 pounds. Right. Uh, I'm still metric system. Sorry about that. But, you know, no, now, that's you, all right. now you have an iPhone <laughs> and iPhone is, and, and a smartphone is basically, I think there are more smartphones today in the world than there are people, more like 7 billion or something. And, and that happened like for 10 years. Think about what will happen right. in the next decade because the, the speed of change will never slow down. It will only accelerate. And poor humans, mm. you know, we, we need to upgrade our CPU and our brain. And, you know, nothing is as slow as evolution. It will take, you know, 10,000 years before our CPU, the brain, is getting to the right level, yet we have everything else moving lightning speed. So yeah. that, that's kind of what I think about a lot when I, when I think about my, my own life going forward. And when I look at my kids, um, you know, my seven and three-year-old kids, and what will the world be for them? What should mm. they study? What should they do? Uh, how should they live in order to get the benefit of this amazing pace we're going to see? Well, okay. So I've got a bunch of questions for you. And I do want to get to Elo Health, I promise. Uh, but to that end, so thinking about exponential growth, like I just was reading something interesting about, you know, the Genome Project. And I can't remember the specifics, but basically, you know, I think it was, um, basically there was some there was some milestone that was really important and they were only like 1% of the way to where they were supposed to be. And a bunch of detractors were basically saying like, oh, they're they're way off pace. They'll never finish in time. It's going to cost way more. But those who understood exponential growth knew that it had already doubled, I think, whatever, it was like six or seven times. And they were like, just wait. <laughs> like, we are actually on pace to maybe like beat our projections just because of that. Like you said, exponential growth. Like the people just can't kind of get their head around it. Um, so I always find that so fascinating. But to something that you just said, you know, what, what do you think are those areas um, that are worth kind of, I don't know if exploring is the right word, but double down, double, doubling down on to make sure that like you're well positioned to still like be a contributor in the future. Well, I think I'm, I'm, I'm hopeful about uh, the fact that um, um, healthcare longevity expands, and I'm hopeful that you know the way we're gonna help people thrive will improve dramatically fairly soon because healthcare and health is is really data in the end. And now we have a system that yeah. we have people looking at charts and, and information that is very difficult to comprehend. The healthcare system and the whole healthcare, mm. human health is basically completely um, uh, a science that is not meant for person to even look at. It has to be an AI helping mm. a person to turn it into meaning and then the person can make decisions and help you know, guide. That's what I think you know, a doctor should be, like a coach. Uh, like a translator. Yeah. Um, so I'm believe, I'm hopeful that, you know, um, there will be interesting things happening in the, in the future. And, you know, you and me, you know, we are, you know, in a, maybe in the midlife or whatever you're going to call it. It's scary and as hell. <laughs> and we are trying to do our best, yep. you know, to thrive and, you know, be at our best every day. Yet we still know that, you know, every day we are getting closer to the end. Um, so I'm, I, what I want to do mm. myself and what I want to help other people to do is to thrive and find these ways that they can do 
to make sure that you know when the future comes, they are still in the states that they will be. We can save them, or they can do well, and they can be doing the right things. So that's kind of what what yeah. my passion is today, and what I what I do every day in my in my company, and what I try to talk to my friends because you know I I think it will be difficult no matter how the science works. But if you're gonna be like super sick, sixty year old, I don't think we can make you super healthy twenty year old. <laughs> I think you have right. what you have. So I think I'm gonna try to be there, and you know I hope to be eighty and still go, you know, ski with my kids and hope to heli ski or whatever I do at the eighty. I mean, there was a one guy. I'm maybe rambling a bit now, but you know, one guy who was no, I love that. I love hundred this. years old. He was hundred, one hundred, and on the birthday he went skiing in Alps. And there was a, like a mm. footage of this guy, like a skiing powder at the age of 100. Like that, 100. that's my idol. I mean, that's what I want to do. Oh, yeah. Well, my, I talk about this a lot with my wife and I've, I've mentioned on the show, um, I, you know, I, for those who've listened, like they're well aware that I, I am also very much interested in longevity, health span. Um, and it, 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 again, it does seem like we are in a very unique pocket of time where to your point, if you can pay attention now, start taking great care of yourself and at worst maintain, um, there's a very real possibility that technology is going to catch up um, to the point where you might be able to really extend not only the length, but the quality of your life. We, um, we interviewed a, a gentleman by the name of Dr. Andrew Steele who wrote a book called Ageless. I don't know if you've seen it. Um, I really enjoyed it. But I think the term he used was like longevity escape velocity. Mm, yep. Does that sound right? Yep, so basically, right. it's like if you can, if you can just hang around <laughs> another 5, 10, 15 years in good health, like you are going to have an opportunity if you take advantage of it. Uh, to your point, you know what I mean? Hopefully being really active and living a very full life. Um, hopefully, you know, deep, deep into your nineties, hundreds. I mean, I, you know, I, I get really excited thinking about the opportunity. I, like you said, you have two kids, I have three. I'm like, man, like what is the opportunity going to look like for them? Yeah. You know, I mean, they're 20, 30 years away from this quarter life, midlife crisis. Uh, and the world's going to look a lot different, hopefully for the better. Thanks to companies like yours. Um, but it gets me excited. It's just, you know, very, a very fun time to be alive. And I think there's a one point that, um, I, I, I mean, I'm not, I'm not really talking about my, my company, Elo, to be a longevity company, you know, but of course, longevity yeah. is the one thing that, you know, you often gravitate to when you talk about these topics. Sure. I'm, I'm being, trying to understand and develop this sort of philosophical approach to this whole topic. And it was really interesting. I started to read and, and do some research. I'm, I'm early in my, my, my story, so I, it's not very well thought out maybe yet. But if you open almost any of these books that define what humanity is, think about like mm. Iliad and Odysseus and you, any poem or, or book that defines a society like the Roman society or the Greek society or the, you know, even the Egyptian societies, not to even talk mm. about the current ones. Every book has this sort of a goblet of uh, youth or fountain of youth or fountain of fire of youth or you know monster giving you the artifact that you can live longer so yeah. li living long time and escaping death or having the velocity of getting out of you know the, the longevity that is basically one of the ultimate human um, values and maybe not the value yeah. but like a goal of humanity and Think about if 
because it's been so abstract now, and I don't think we are very, very close of that yet, but, you know, we are mm. seeing some early innings that we might be able to live longer, not just like, you know, good life to 80, but we might be able to live maybe 120 years old. And then everything mm-hmm. will look different. And some people say, ah, I don't care about that. But I'm saying that once these become available, these become the most sought after things people are going for. And I think there, oh will, be, there will be business in the next 50 years, 100 years that you know, will become bigger than you know, Google and United Healthcare and, and Facebook and Tesla that are providing people extension of their life and, and betterment of their, of their old age. Because, I mean, yeah. if you are 80 years old and you ask people, would, would you be happy to live 10, 10 years more? Many people say, no, I'm, I'm cranky, I'm broken, I'm, 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 I'm not feeling good. But what if you right, ask, living in you pain. Know, if you could yeah. say that you could feel like you felt at 50 and you could live 20 more years, you know, everybody will give all the money basically for that. Yeah. So there's this philosophical aspect that, you know, that is the ultimate goal of uh, people in the end to live a long time. And nobody wants to leave uh, this beautiful place we call, call you know, our home, Earth, uh, spaceship Earth. And, um, and it's, it's just a really cool thought. And, you know, because it's been talked mm. about for thousands of years. And I think, you know, there must be cave paintings where they hope to eat the mammoth, you know, tusk and, you know, live longer, <laughs> I bet. But that's what we've been talking about campfire for 20,000 years, 100,000 years since we started to, you know, develop language, I think. So it's a very fundamentally cool topic to talk about. And none of us know what it will look like, uh, but uh, it's pretty exciting. You know what? I think you're right. And it's like, it's almost as fundamental as, you know, debating and trying to figure out like, oh, well, what happens? Not to get, we're going to get really deep here, but what what happens after you die? It's almost like hand in hand. You're like, how do I put that off? How do I, you know, like there's a very glass half full way to look at it. There's also a glass half empty, which is like, oh, I don't want to, (laughs) I don't even want to think about my mortality. It's kind of what it is, right? It's like, wrestling with that. Um, no, so I completely agree. I mean, you know, so many great examples of history of people going to great lengths to try and find, like you said, that fountain of youth. Um, and it's just pretty cool to think that like, you know, the next five, 10, 15, 20 years, uh, there's going to be hopefully a lot of really interesting ground broken. Um, you know, and we might start to get answers to some of these questions, which is going to be pretty fun. But to your point, oh, go ahead, go ahead. Yeah, I think there's, a, there's one point that, you know, I, I, I've been kind of thinking as well because, you know, you know, mm. it's when you have family, I mean, that's kind of the time often that people think that, you know, there's something bigger than you and you become yeah. not you, but you become a unit and, you know, you have responsibility because, you know, we have this nuclear family today in the West mainly where we have you know, a few people together. It used to be like mm. a bigger entity. Um, but there's this moment, I think, that, you know, a lot of people um, maybe have, have felt um, uh, in Roman times, they call it memento mori. Uh, mm. I don't know if you're familiar with this word, but it's basically, no. you know, if you think about Caesar, he was doing the triumph after the, the big victory they had in against the uh, Gauls or whoever they were fighting uh, at the time. And the memento mori concept was that there is a, there's a servant behind you and they are holding the, the, the leaf on your head and whispering the ear of Caesar, memento mori, you are mortal. You are not a god. Mm. So this is the moment, I think, that, you know, when we feel in our life first time, when, you know, something happened, like, you know, after COVID, you know, we all have lost, you know, loved ones. You know, maybe your mother died, your father, or maybe, you know, your siblings or a friend of yours was passed. And then you think about, you look the world differently. 
Somebody mm. had there is no longer there. And that is like the moment when people have this yeah. aha moment when they say, okay, now I need to think about it. Because, you know, mm-hmm. if you don't think about when you're 20 years old or 25, you don't need to think about it. you. You still have so much ahead of you. But when you turn into the 50, you know, 50 percentile, you know, like you said, glass is either, you know, empty or half full. And yeah. that is yeah. in my mind, my mind the moment when people are realizing and, and taking, you know, themselves in the bootstraps and doing something about it. So that's what I've seen a lot of people now uh, of our age to kind of do. And, and it's really, really um, compelling and, and I think, you know, exciting to see that, you know, people are, people are doing something about this because often mm. we think that, you know, the society or the healthcare system or your doctor has to do it for you. But no, it's, it's yeah. up to us ourselves to make the change and, um, and, and really, you know, become better ourselves. Yeah, I completely agree. And, and, and something you just said um, really resonated so I, I have a very interesting family background. So my mother's family is Danish. Um, let me think about this. My grandfather's 100% Danish. Like, I mean, you know, like very strong, like Danish lineage. And then so I can't remember what I'm, I'm third or whatever at some point. Someone can do the math for me. But um, that side of the family, uh, you know, my great grandfather was, I think, one of seven. And there were like five centenarians or four centenarians, one that made it to 99, and then one that died in a car accident in his 40s or something crazy. So I had that, and I think like mentally, I was always like, oh, wow, like I'm just very lucky, like I have a great chance. And then to your point, I recently, you know, in, in recent years, like watched the passing of like my grandmother and my father, two grandmothers and a father very quickly, my father at a relatively young age from like chronic disease. And that was like very, uh, it was a wake up call right? It's like, wow, like there's kind of that mortality that you're talking about. And then watching that, watching a loved one go through that as a number of a son, I just made a vow. I was like, if whatever extent that I can control it, I'm not going to put my kids through that if I can help it. Um, and so because of that, I, I mean, heck, look, I have a podcast on this stuff. Um, that kind of like sent me down this path of just like, hey, how do I, how do I optimize, you know, every day? And, and not in like in a maniacal, not a maniacal way, but not, I'm not so crazy about it that it consumes my thought at all the time. So I'm like, how do I give myself the best chance every day to wake up, feel great and be the best father, husband, you know, and just person that I can be. And so it's like, you start going down these avenues of like sleep um, and nutrition, which is so interesting. And maybe that's even a good segue, um, you know, because of that, that's why I was so interested in what you're doing. Nutrition, I would say most people would probably agree with me. It is incredibly confusing. Even if you are well-intended, someone like myself, and you you are kind of taking it upon yourself to do the research, there is so much conflicting information, misinformation, uh, like, you know, almost like cultish dogma uh, around some of this stuff. It's like, man, I'm trying to do the right thing, but where do I even begin? Um, and what kind of piqued my interest about what your team seems to be doing, and I would love for you to explain, um, is this seems to be like highly individualized. Um, and for someone like myself, interesting in that like there's someone there to help you <laughs> hopefully answer some of these questions. So, so maybe uh, to that end, like could, could you talk a little bit about LO Health and you know why you founded it, how you founded it? Yeah. So I. I I, I'm not a nutritionist. I'm not a dietist, and I'm not a medical doctor. I'm I'm a yeah. technologist who 
you know, like we discussed, you know, has spent a lot of time in virtual worlds and, you know, has a viewpoint into the tech and I think the data. And mm. um, I, I built a lot of products. So, I mean, I, I think I, I understand how to put complicated things together into a very usable system. And mm. uh, we are trying to now build a company, Elo Health, um, that basically is taking data of your body and turning it into the right nutrition plan for you. And then we don't just tell you what to do. We are delivering you the nutrition to your doorsteps. Hmm. So as you said, you know, taking away this huge amount of complexity we today have and the whiplash, uh, bacon is bad, bacon is good, eggs are exactly. bad, eggs are bad. I call always that uh, the uh, nutrition news is the original fake news. We they, that invented <laughs> yeah. it, and now we have everybody copied, you know, the nutrition news because it's a silly. Right. Like you can read a research paper headline in fifteen different ways, and you can make it whatever you want to make it, or you can hand oh, yeah. one study done in some obscure country and make it a big mm-hmm. headline saying like chocolate is killing people. Like n- not really, it's pretty good for you if you eat dark chocolate. So anyway, right? The Elo Foundation is basically going back maybe twenty years ago. My my wife had a had a thyroid tumor at age hmm. 21, and uh, the other thyroid was removed, and or mostly removed, and then it ended up in autoimmune diseases, hormonal imbalances, a lot of these things we don't know, unknown unknowns, and we hmm. spend a long time uh, to tackle them because basically with the condition you could not get pregnant, so it's tough to oh, know, yeah. you know. You find love your life, and you know you want to have a family, and then you you can't do it because of this condition. So we spend a lot right. of money and time on Western medicine, Eastern medicine, and in the end we realized that the the, the outcome uh, and the impact we found was from nutrition. So we went to diet that was like no meat, mm. uh, no wheat, no grains, no sugar, almost like a keto diet. And that was able yeah. to low inflammation and help my, my wife heal her body. And, and we became yeah. big believers of this idea of food is medicine. And it can also mm. hurt you. Uh, 80, 90% of the cost today in the healthcare system in the US, about $3 trillion is spent on chronic condition management that is lifestyle diseases. So mm. at ELO, we try to take that idea and really make it easy for people to get the right nutrients. So how do we do it today? Uh, we have a system where we send people a, a kit of, uh, of biomarkers, that we biomarker kit that you, know, you prick your finger, you bleed a few drops of blood into a card, you send it to our lab. We analyze the lab results. We are testing the lipid panel. Think about your LDL, HDL, triglycerides. We look at the diabetes marker A1C. We look mm-hmm. at your inflammation, homocysteine. We also do vitamin D, vitamin B, and also looking at some mineral vitamins like iron to understand how is your body doing today. And then we yeah. push that data into the AI at Elo. At the same time, we also ask if you want to connect your wearable devices like, you know, Apple Watch or the Aura Ring or the Whoop or whatever you have, scale into Apple Health and then to Elo. So we take yeah. into, into account like what happens daily in your life, your recovery, your activities, and then your blood biomarkers that is telling about your overall health. Uh, so the AI is then giving you the plan that we are delivering to you via uh, dietitian. So we, we wanted to have real people in the mix because because it's so complicated. It's good to have a translation from the real person to you directly. And then what we do, we deliver 
supplements to you in a, in a daily package that are made for you with your name, all customized yeah. to your health. And then every 90 days, we do the blood work again to show you the outcomes and the improvement. So that's the beginning what we, we've been running now for two years. And uh, we, are, we launched the service in February. So anyone can now sign up in, in Health. And we are adding, of course, a lot more products. So the idea is to build like a holistic nutrition product that can curate you always the right food or supplements or whatever you need uh, to perform optimally. Yeah. Well, and, and I know, you know, I can't remember if we talked about it before or after we started, but I know you're an avid rock climber. Uh, we've talked a little bit about skiing. Um, it also seems to have, and now correct me if I'm wrong, Ello Health seems to have a bit of like a performance bent as well. Um, so like, I guess, who who is Ello Health right for? We, we call the, the people who uh, I think Ello is mainly today for these are... Uh, uh, performance-driven optimizers. So people who uh, already are tracking their health, they are already looking to get healthy. You know, many people who, let's say, they, they play ball in, uh, in college. And then, you know, the life yeah. happened, the family happened, and the work happened, and they gained 40 pounds. And then they had the memento mori moment at 35. Maybe a doctor said to them that, hey, do something. Or maybe, you know, somebody in the family passed away. And they were like, looking mm. at the mirror and saying one day like, huh, I haven't given myself any time in 15 years. I want to do something about it. And then they started, you know, yeah. can I go back on a bike? Can I go back on the, on the tomb? Can I, can I start doing something for me? And these are people now who are looking around, like what are the next steps they can do to, to feel good, feel better, and really improve their health for the next 30 years? And that's kind of the, the persona yeah. I think we are seeing a lot who are signing up to Ella today. Yeah. And, you know, I think, again, that's why the mission resonates so closely is because, um, like you said, you would love to just kind of put like the best version of yourself forward. And there does come this moment for whatever reason, there could be a whole host of issues, um, you know, but when that when that starts to change and that way that you used to feel has kind of escaped you. It's real. I mean, if you're someone who prides yourself or really thoroughly enjoys like operating at a very high level, that that is really tough to deal with. Um, you know, in my day job, in addition to talking on a podcast, like I'm in sales, and so the majority of my day, it's like I I need to be quick. I need to have recall. I need to be able to think strategically. And in my 30s, I started getting a little bit of that brain fog people talk about, or that that inability to um, have word recall as quickly as I used to in the past. And that was really alarming to me. Um, and so it's very cool to hear that, you know, one, there's no shortage of information out there, but two, like there's new technologies and companies like yours that are actually using data and AI to help take some of that guesswork out of it for someone like myself um, to hopefully at least get back closer, at least get the nutrition component dialed in um, so you can hopefully start feeling the way that, you know, you're accustomed to. And I'm, I've been myself, we have, a our, our family is, uh, in the crisis mode in the moment. <laughs> so anyway, that, they, but if it's not your kids, it's mine. So don't yeah, worry I know, I know. But you know, the, the funny thing here is that, you know, I've been optimizing myself for, for a long time. So, uh, as I mean, I've been trying to, you know, getting soon 45, uh, really hoping to perform still on a level that, you know, 
I can get still some PRs and still you know do something better than before. And I've been rock and, and I apologize. Did you did you say you're 45? I'm turning 45 soon, so so getting like you know to the level that you know uh, how can I how can I still you know do some things that I can be proud about myself and I don't need to go do yeah. crazy stuff like uh, Alex Honnold but you know in rock climbing I wanna more like can I can I get good at something and you know and I, my hope kind of has been for a long time that I could still compete uh, at the masters level so I've been competing mm. a little bit you know but you know I'm old guy in the normal category but when I get to the 45 category I'm gonna be the young gun. For a couple of years at least. Right. So yeah. My home is that, you know, the young spring chicken. And, and what I did in 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 that realm is that I I decided maybe maybe five six years ago I'm I've been very self reliant and I mean like normal guy who doesn't want to get advice and I decided that hmm. let me give myself to other people and let them help me and I started to have coaches on everything I have a rock climbing coach I have a strength coach I have a nutrition coach I have a coach for cycling. I even had a coach for sleeping for a while. And that made a massive difference because suddenly you have somebody else who is keeping hmm. you accountable and looking at your, your habits and then telling you that there is a point here we can modify. And we are so accustomed to the way we do things. So for me, that was really the, the yeah. big deal in a way that you know, if you really want to do performance and optimize from brain to the body, um, it's really critical to have somebody help you. And that's why we deploy at ELO um, uh, dietitians who, by the way, are just amazing people. I mean, I have learned so much mm. from my coach at ELO. I thought I knew a lot, but, you know, I knew nothing. And we have these completely silly uh, preconceptions about nutrition. Like, because, you know, somebody we read about somewhere or we heard in a podcast or whatever happened, and we believe in that. And... Uh, right. our, our team is bursting bubbles every day and people are way better off because today what we do as an example. So when people come in, they go through a questionnaire. We ask about the medication. We also ask about how do they supplement, how do they eat and so forth. And in mm. the beginning, it's almost more about removing things people do that are wrong. We have plenty of people who say they take this and this medication and they take this and this supplement and they happen to yeah. interfere against each other. And basically, if you do both, you get no benefit of anything. And, and mm. this is the thing that you know people don't know. And the medical community uh, doesn't know much about nutrition. So we are trying to kind of help those two worlds kind of intermingle a bit better. And yeah. um, it's just so difficult. And I, I mean, but the outcomes have been, uh, last two years we've been in the market, um, in a, first in the test mode and now in the market properly. We have seen 90% of people who sign up ELO have a real impact in their blood biomarkers by month mm. six. So think about six months, oh, wow. you, know, you see impact that you know you might not have ever seen before because you didn't know what to do about it. Hmm. <laughs> Excuse me. And and of, of those um, people who have like committed at least to like the six months and, you know, given it the real college try, like what other sort of like positive enhancements are they seeing it just in their, in their day-to-day -day life, well-being? Yeah. I think the one, one thing that is interesting, I think it's more maybe a main thing that um, we don't really, we're not very good at knowing what's happening inside us. So mm. there's the saying that half the people don't know if they are hungry or thirsty. So they end up mm -hmm. eating when there's a drink. Not beer, but you know, maybe water. Um, and that happens a lot. So it's tough to know at times, like what is the impact of something? 
but can you really mm-hmm. feel it? There are some things that I think um, uh, people have um, told us, and I think I have felt myself that, uh, I mean, 90% of people who come to ELO, their vitamin D is too low. And uh, vitamin D we get from the sun, but because we use sunscreen and hats and everything, we don't really, we don't, we often don't go without a cert into the sun. And if we do, we do sunscreen all over the place. So we don't mm. get enough um, vitamin D. Vitamin D is a critical uh, component in many ways in our health. Uh, I don't know if you know, but as an example, um, there's a lot of studies about COVID impacting people much worse if you have low vitamin D. And vitamin oh, D is fairly simple to fix by supplementation and lifestyle changes. So that's something that you know we are able to fix on almost everybody. And I happen to be one of those people who had a low vitamin D. And my mm. my team they took all my data from my you know my blood work from Quest Labs and from my health system because you can now collect all that data from the Apple Health. And they found out that I had um, two times I was tested with vitamin D, 2015 and maybe you know, 2019, and my vitamin D level was 15.15. It's way too low. Okay. And uh, now oh, after wow. some supplementation, we were able to get my values to optimal level. It took about nine months to do that because they also found out when they took my DNA SNPs, they found out that uh, I'm actually, I have a mutation that makes me poor metabolizer of vitamin D. So sun didn't oh, really work for me. So I had to have a massive dose of vitamin mm. D. But what happened then, uh, I actually felt different. And I saw the data in my aura data, in my sleep quality. I saw some recovery you know, uh, numbers to be better because I was uh, optimized. And I had no idea. I mean, I, nobody ever told me that the health system or the doctor never told me that I have low vitamin D. And it even read in my medical record that I have a low vitamin D. Nobody ever told me. I never had supplements in my life before two years ago. And what happened last summer, hmm. once I had found about this, I actually went back to Finland with, uh, and met with my parents and, you know, my siblings and so forth. And I got them also sequenced uh, the DNA. And I found that all of them, you know, likely had the same mutation. And, you know, helping them to get hmm. their vitamin D up as well might have, you know, saved my family from COVID. So these are just, you know, one anecdotal example for me, uh, wow. how it has impacted uh, my health. But we have a lot of people... Especially when, you know, some people who are vegan, uh, people who eat very narrow diet, maybe they're allergic, maybe they just want to eat. Like you talked about, you know, people want to talk about diets often and diets are, you know, they are Mm. narrowing down artificial things. So most people walk into LO in the beginning and they have very surprising deficiencies, red values that they had no idea of. And if you fix the Mm. red values to green, usually people tend to be more energetic, they just function better as people. And your point about the brain fog is is often related to nutrition as well. We just, you know, maybe we mm. eat too many carbs, we have too high blood sugar. Um, it, it's it's a very interesting how much the nutrition impacts in your mood and your body. And of course, you know, there's mm. also, we don't today at ELO, we don't do microbiome studies yet because it's a very complicated new science and not very validated yet. But I, I think that there will be a world soon where uh, microbiome can be impacted by maybe a fecal land, transplant or some other way. Right. And uh, because the, the thing is that um, we have now a 
generations of young people who have not been exposed to dirt in a way we were before. And even like if you are mm. born in a C-section, you don't get the, the microbiome quota in the beginning because if you if you you know are born in a in a traditional way, you actually get some of your mom's microbiome in you and that becomes the beginning of your your system. Oh, wow. And if uh, even more so, if you think about now Lyme disease, is a very common one with the ticks getting, you know, everything. That's place. a huge problem out here. Yeah, so, so I'm so, all ears. Yeah. And Lyme disease, you know, you basically treat it today by megadosing antibiotics that are killing your microbiome completely as well. And after that, you're going to be mm. super vulnerable. And there are a lot of cancer patients who, for example, get chemo, and that also kills their microbiome. And then you basically get every disease possible. So there's so much we don't know about the human body. Um, there's this idea called gut brain, like your microbiome is like a brain. It impacts right, your mood, yeah. how you feel. Um, so it's very fascinating. And I'm, I'm, again, like I said, I'm not a massive expert in the nutrition per se. I'm a, a quick study, and I've been reading a lot in the last you know, 10 years. Uh, but every day I meet people and I learn something that I had no idea. Hmm. So something, uh, I mean, there's so many interesting things there, but one thing just in the interest of time that I would love to better understand is, um, given that you don't have that nutritional background, right. Um, you know, what, what has been advantageous about bringing a, uh, tech, uh, perspective to this field? Like how is your team using technology in interesting ways? Um, you know, not that your focus is on separating yourself from the competition, but I guess, um, you know, to, to build the most effective product possible? Um, there's always a benefit um, that you get if you're an outsider, but there's always, you know, the pitfalls. So I have done few businesses in my life and uh, sometimes you you come with, uh, uh, I call it the beginner brain. So you're the beginner, you yeah. ask stupid questions, you, you don't believe in conventions, you can do things that are silly. Yeah. And sometimes the silly things actually are the things you should do. Sometimes, you know, you look idiot and you do the wrong thing. <laughs> That's maybe more often the case. So you have to hire people <laughs> around you who are much better than you. So we have, you know, we have PhDs and, and uh, super experts who work for the team and, and, and work for us and, you know, help to really build the detailed product. But I think what, what I'm bringing to the table uh, and together with my my co-founders, we have a we have a pretty amazing team. So I mean, I have a CTO who um, used to be at Nokia as well, building actually phones there. Um, hmm. I have a um, another co-founder who was a designer at Apple. He was uh, reporting to Sony Ive at Apple and built some of the products that we use oh, right wow. now. So I mean, these are people who built amazing things in the in the life. Yeah. And so what we are trying to do is to look at this from the perspective of uh, let's take a step back. And what can we do today uh, in a world where we have a lot of research, where we have a lot of knowledge, and we have a lot of people working on different things? So what we have done in the beginning, we spent almost two years now to collect all the different clinical trial data, um, think about clinical research on different active ingredients in food, for example, and supplementation. Hmm. So we have collected now all of that data, and that has now created the backbone of the ELO algorithm. So we basically take mm. you as an example, and based on where you're from, yeah. who are you, your gender, your age, and also your biomarker data and, and your type of diet. And we match you into clinical trial where same kind of people were tested for improving the HDL. And we know what the dose was. 
we know what they were doing, and now we replicate the study again with you. Then we are throwing in in the mix the, the dietitians and the clinicians. They look at every plan, they work with you one-on-one, -on -one. they might modify the plan. So now you have another layer of these modifications, we throw them into AI as well. And then we have this outcome. So we, you have values A, you have time B, and then you have the next values. You basically built a black box algorithm that is starting to like automatically learn what works. And they might yeah. be, we act, accidentally find like the best cocktail of things or best type of food we deliver to people that will have an impact. I mean, we don't know what it will mm. be, but that's kind of what you can do when you look from the outside in. And then we also have said that we don't need to build the best testing apparatus. We don't need to build the meal. We don't need to build the supplement pill. We will be the brain in the middle that is taking the information and turning it into action. So we are now mm. starting to work with many different type of companies to partner whoever has an amazing product out there that has impact, clinic, clinically validated impact. We are more than happy to add it in ELO and then just do this holistic offering where we are tracking all this data and we are throwing different products in the mix. Think about it, it could be a meal, it could be a drink, it could be a supplement, a protein powder, whatever. And, and then yeah. we are seeing the outcome. So that's kind of where we where we come and look at this. And we are, we are trying to build a very kind of different company, I think, than what you have today. And it's not going to be easy. I mean, it's a very confusing and complicated field. But the outcomes, right. I think, can be humongously beneficial because if... So my, my, my thinking today with my limited understanding, and I think I'm right, is that today average American is eating a diet that is so poor that we can mm. rate it three out of 10. Hmm. And if that same person will start to eat diet that is seven out of 10, they will heal themselves. So yeah. we're just eating so poorly today. And even if, with that poor diet that we can start at the five to you know, four to five years old at school already, it takes 20 to 30 years to get sick. So we are getting sick around you know, the 30, 40, 50 now. And yeah. it only takes about a year to heal you. With the right diet, you can wow. you can heal the 30 years of mismanagement in one year. That's how powerful it is if you do it right. But doing it right, mm. of course, is very difficult because we are so accustomed and so ingrained these habits we do, being you know the pizza, the beer, or whatever they are. Um, but the the, the the rule of thumb I have is that you know think about from that perspective, and then yeah. just stop eating sugar. That's going to be the biggest single decision you can make because the sugar, the sugar is the killer. It's not the fat. Yeah. Well, you know, I, I've always kind of been fascinated with this. Uh, are, are you familiar with um, the marginal gains theory that was employed by British Cycling? I like ever since first being exposed to that story, and his name's escaping me at the moment. Um, you know, it's just I, it's something that I can't get out of my head. I think about it all the time. And, and for those listening, I mean, boy, I, I shouldn't have brought this up if I wasn't ready to describe it. But basically, it's like if you make like a 1% improvement, you know, at, at minimum, uh, across all the things that you're doing within your life, like the cumulative effect of all of those really small improvements uh, could be massive. Um, and so to your point, to hear that you know, and again, this is this is just like us talking, but that like the average American, maybe their diet is a three out of ten. It's like, what could that do to the quality of your life in all the facets of your life if you were able to make such a substantial improvement? 
um, energy levels, you know, the, the emotional stability, like the ability to improve your relationships, um, you know, the ability to sleep better and then consequently have more energy. Like, it's just really exciting to me. And again, like kind of go back to what we were talking about at the very beginning, all of this technology is starting to catch up. And I was excited to hear that, you know, your team, it, it kind of sounds like it's really just a data play um, at, at its core. It's like, hey, look, like, yes, like the end product is very important, but ultimately it's like the ability to now use data, use algorithms, use machine learning uh, to make smarter decisions and constantly iterate um, is exciting. Because I think when a lot of folks think about, you know, quote unquote, a uh, supplement company, you know, they think like, oh, well, is, where did the protein powder come from? Where, what is the creatine? Where did the, you know, it's just big hulking bulks of powders. That's not an intelligent system that's giving me any direction. Uh, so this just feels like the next evolution of where all of this is going. Um, and so I appreciate you, you know, taking the time to share, share what you're working on. Cause I, I think this is amazing. And I think you, you, you really nail it. I think when you talk about the theory where you have this improvement over time with small increments, because I think mm -hmm. the, the nugget that you said is actually the key. Uh, if you can mm -hmm. measure it, you can improve it. Nothing in mm -hmm. nutrition today is measured. Only thing you maybe measure, if even that, is your weight. But that's like you sure. know, looking at the back view mirror last two weeks. I mean, it doesn't really, because you eat a burger today, you don't get fatter or you don't wait more tomorrow. It happens gradually. So it's such a low, yeah. slow change again that we can't really see that. And even like, you know, when we gain weight, it happens like it's a surprise. But, you know, your mom sees mm. it. If you see your mom once a year, she's like, what happened? And you're like, well, what I don't know. I have no idea. So if it happens right. over time, you don't feel it. And I think at, at ELO, we, we really, I think, believe that, you know, the data is the fundamental piece. And that's why we call um, this whole idea we have, we call it smart nutrition. And yeah. uh, back in the days, you know, I was at, when I was at Nokia, uh, we launched the first uh, smartphone and uh, we call it mobile computer. And I think, you know, on the, on the, on the whiteboard, there probably was also a smartphone name and somebody was like, Ray, Ross, it, was, it was one of them. Yeah. Let's, <laughs> let's pick the mobile computer and I'm not right, going exactly. to make the same mistake twice. I think, you know, smart nutrition, in my opinion, is this idea mm. that is, uh, it's, personal, made for you, it's uh, yeah. precise, based in science, and it's proactive. And the proactive mm. is the new thing I think people haven't thought about a lot when it comes to nutrition. Mm. But I think with the data now flowing back from your body, as an example, there are a lot of people now who are putting a glucose monitor in their, in their arm and measuring glucose against the food that they eat. And they get real-time right. feedback. I mean, once you try it, you will never again eat uh, Indian food with white rice or the pizza mm. or the uh, tamales for me. Many of those foods are spiking my glucose like crazy. And glucose is kind of like a, like a guitar. You drum too much, it basically gets loosened and it, it, it loses, you know, at the sound. You have to rewire and right. you know, rebalance the, the chords. So that's kind of what your mm. body is. If you have spikes all the time too often, the whole system gets loose and the baseline goes higher. And that is diabetes, type 2 diabetes. Mm. It's no more complicated. Right. And if we can eliminate some of the pikes up, 
then we can actually, you know, make a, a healthier society. And I think one easy way that, you know, people have done a lot is intermittent fasting, for example. If you don't eat in the morning, you, yeah. have, you have less time to eat, you will eat less often, you have less spikes, mm -hmm. and you might become healthier overall. So that's just, again, one elimination that can, you know, help you to optimize a little bit of your, of your life. Yeah. Well, I, I think, uh, I, you know, smart nutrition, I think you nailed it. I don't think we'll be pulling that off the whiteboard here in 20 years. Be like, what are we doing? <laughs> you know, well, artificial food was so much better. No, I think, uh, smart, smart nutrition is, is on point. Well, thank you so much. I mean, this has been such an enlightening conversation. Um, for people who would love to know more about yourself and, and Ello, uh, where can we point them? I think it is, is to go to Ello.health. Um, uh, you can sign up today in every place except in New York. New York is coming soon. We have a lot of people who are anxious to, anxiously waiting already. <laughs> New York has a difficult oh, regulation and blood testing that we have to go overcome. A couple more hoops to open New York. And, and you know, I, I'm easy to find. Uh, Ari Tulla, I think I'm the only one with my name in the world. So if you can't, me, if you can't find me on the web, you know, you can't type uh, my name. <laughs> <laughs> Awesome. Well, thank you so much. And I did, I did look at your personal website and I was hoping to have some time to talk about some of your uh, cardboard toys that you made for your kids here over the <laughs> pandemic. I got a kick out of looking at all of that, but uh, maybe the next time that you're on, we can dive into some of that stuff. Well, thank you so much. Such a great conversation um, and, and really enjoyed learning more about what you're doing. Hey, thank you so much. You better go ask mommy, daddy. <laughs> So the other night we were putting, well, you would put the boys to bed and I was putting Harper to bed and you were up here doing an intro for, um, up here in the <laughs> studio <laughs> for, I guess, last week's episode. I was worried. <clears throat> Is this a starting? Cause I like it. I like where you're going. Yeah. And, <laughs> and Harper, I was reading Harry Potter to our oldest. Her room's directly below your podcast studio and in case you didn't know. <laughs> yeah, they're like, uh, wait, I thought this was like a high-end studio. It's like Ken's doing this from his attic. attic. Um, but anyway, we kept on hearing you because we, I'm saying this because we just restarted here because you didn't like the way you started it. <laughs> but like every five minutes we'd hear, what's up everybody? Uh, <laughs> and then you'd chat for a little while and then you'd be like, oh. Well, here's it. Yes. And it, kept, it happened like seven times and we were like, do you think it'll happen again? And then one time you spoke for a really long time and it didn't happen again. And I was like, okay, good night, go to sleep. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I was thinking about that because I was like, man, I was like, I know when I'm in that room, I feel like I can hear everything in the house and I'm basically sitting right above yeah. where she sleeps. Yeah. And I was just like, you know what? She's, she just drifts off to sleep. She's a heavy sleeper. Mm hmm now I know that she's hearing well, me no, we were still cuss at myself. We were like still reading. Oh, okay. Well, it's hard because it's like when you're talking, when you're not talking to anyone. Yeah. It's awkward. It's just, yeah. It, things just don't flow very well. Yeah. You're just like, you do a good job of it, but yeah, it's, it's really awkward. Yeah. It's <laughs> I, terrible. I would have trouble. <laughs> <sighs> well, speaking of false starts, we were swapping notes on the takeaways and you wanted to talk about biodome. <laughs> what you care to explain? The first time I said your it, I interest, got it right. Your interest in that Pauly Shore movie? <laughs> that was a really good recall. Yeah. Um, yeah. No. I. I he. Kenny asked me for my takeaways, and I was like, "Oh, biodome." He was like, "What?" <laughs> Can I say? And I don't know why. I do reflect on biodome from time to time. I do too. Really? Yeah, I do too. Why is that? 
I don't know. It was like it's like a crazy concept. I, would I like think to watch I think it again. I think it's like when we grew up, it was just. I don't want to say like a pivotal movie in my childhood because that would, uh, well, that'd be sad. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. For whatever reason, every once in a while, I'm like, oh, yeah, Biodome. Yeah. Probably sure. I'd like to watch it again. Um, but sadly, we did not talk about Biodome in this no. episode. Maybe next one. And it's like, wait, I was referring to microbiome. Correct. But it, apparently, <laughs> you I didn't hear him say it, but apparently he doesn't know much about it. I just thought it was interesting no it is interesting and i think it's not uh i just like, i think he basically was just saying he's like not like an expert yeah is all but i think i get the sense that he's the sort of person who's well read i just don't yeah i don't know how receptive i would ever be to a fecal transplant though <laughs> that sounds crazy well this went in a different direction but i'll go there with you uh yeah the concept i completely agree sounds unappealing yeah, but well, I he think, brought it up because he said that he, that this is a direction like he thinks it'll be a big part of health in the future, near future. Well, and we do have an upcoming podcast about that very not process yeah, because now very, people are thinking about fecal implants, but about the microbiome, probiotics, prebiotics. Yeah, I'm really excited to listen to that one to learn more about it. That one's pretty crazy. I really loved talking to him though. He has such an interesting background. Yeah. Um, and what I think, you know, maybe we'll start here. You know, my big takeaway was just this, what he ended with this concept of like smart nutrition. Mm-hmm. I love the fact that now, you know, and I'm sure it has been slowly, like there's other companies out there. Like I know some people are fans like Viome. I, I don't know much about it, but, um, I know that they're doing maybe some similar things in the space, but, uh, what's interesting to me about LO health is like, he's taking this and I guess maybe I led him to your point uh, earlier, this outsider's perspective, bringing his expertise from like a different field, which would be in like technology, application of big data, applying it to nutrition. Because right now I feel like most of the nutrition products or services out there, they're not um, sophisticated in that way. Do you right. know what I mean? Like right. some of my favorite nutrition companies, like I said, like I'm just getting like bulk supplements. Yeah. What are you looking at? And also... You keep looking around my laptop. No, I was just stretching. Checking out the guns because no. I'm in a sweating up in our attic right now. The AC's off. I was just stretching. <sighs> I lost my train of thought. That's okay. No, so I was what just complaining. I was complaining about dumb nutrition. Oh, yeah, no, no. And also, like, if one serving of protein powder mm-hmm. is like two scoops, okay. why are you getting the same serving as me? I agree with that. Now, yeah. someone might have like some rationale as to why that makes sense. Like, I know I've heard that there's only like a certain amount of grams of protein that the human body can like process or make use of at any given time. Yeah. But I agree. I've, I've always had an issue with like serving sizes. Yeah. Right? Because it's like I'm twice as heavy as you. Yeah. Well, maybe not at this moment. I'm, I'm a little svelte at, at no, the moment. You're, you're twice as heavy as me. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what I mean? I, I agree with you. I'm right there. Well, and and the other thing too is like, you know, the generic multivitamin or the generic like sports performance supplement, right? Mm-hmm. It's like, it's just a mix of things that should help aid in performance, but they're not tailored to the individual. That's why I was so interested in what LO Health is doing. Yeah. Because it starts with, you know, you're, you're like, you're doing like the biomarkers. You're understanding are you deficient? How does your body, like he was saying, I think he gave the example of maybe it was vitamin D. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. I think he said he's like a slow metabolizer of it. So for him to actually get his like needed requirement, he needs a lot more. He of needs it. way more. Yeah. Right. And so it's just to me, I'm, I'm really intrigued by one. We're now at a point in time where like someone can do that analysis for us, but then actually help you take action on it. Yeah. Because so I think fun. there's a lot of people like, well, you could have gotten these tests done for like years, you know? No, I know. Uh, but it's cool that someone's now like no actually time like the present. Yeah. No time like the present. I know. I, how have we not done this yet? <sighs> I know what well, we're going to. Okay. Cool. The problem is everyone I talk to is so interesting that I'm like, oh, well, we got to do that. Well, we got to do that. We got to do that. Yeah, I know. Um, and we will. <laughs> Promise. I'm just busy. No, I really want to do this because I love the idea of, you know, personalized nutrition. Mm-hmm. Um, this one I'm really interested in. I know we're going to talk about this too. I really want to do so the will, peptides. Will they, yeah. Will they just tell you what you need to be eating then? Like after you get I actually there. don't know. Like I know that what you get delivered as at least one of the services, now I don't know everything about the company, but like you'll get like tailored, you know, like if you and I signed up on the same day, we did our tests, we would get back like, you know, Ken's vitamins and Sonia's vitamins and supplements. Yeah. And they would be like tailored specifically to what we need. Mm-hmm. He also, I can't, probably can't talk about it. He, he also, when we were off air, showed me something they're working on that's pretty freaking cool. Don't talk um, about it. Yeah, damn it. I shouldn't even <laughs> tell mention. me later. No, I'll tell you later. But I'm like, okay, that's pretty sweet. So they're, they're doing some really cool stuff. But again, I just love it that it's like applying technology, you know what I mean, to a space that people have been like yeah, <laughs> building businesses and, and working in for, I don't know, tens, hundreds of years, dare I say? Maybe not yeah. hundreds. Really cool. Um, but yeah, no, I thought it was really good. Smart nutrition. There's a bunch of stuff in there. I actually just gen- genuinely enjoyed the conversation. I know it went in a bunch of different directions that maybe some people weren't, uh, showing up for <laughs> yourself included. Um, but no, I, I really, I really enjoyed it. Um, I had something else written down here too. Take your time. Yeah. Another, I have a bunch of them here. Like, I mean, like, there's so many things he said, like the power of coaches, um, the fact that you can undo 30 years of damage by starting to eat the right way now. Yeah. And like the time it might take to unwind that damage could be like, I can't remember if he said a year, or three years. But I, I think, again, with this one. Oh, you know, he talked about um, where, like tracking your glucose. Yeah. You know, I've heard from a couple insiders. That's going to be the next big thing. Yeah. Um, and there's a couple companies out there. Like, I think I haven't checked them out, but I believe this company levels, um, is doing that. It's like a glucose tracker. Like, I agree. Like at some point I'm almost like, what am I going to do with all this information? Mm-hmm. But I will say like, what am I, I'm on like day nine of having a whoop. I'm pretty excited about that. Yeah. You were excited about that. But I do ask myself, I'm like, this is really cool. Do you know what I would have asked him if I were you? Wow. What? And I was hoping you would. Okay. Constructive since, feedback. No, this is good. This is good therapeutic process for us. Because he was saying how you can, you can, um, set up your, whatever tracking device you use, whether it's the aura ring or the whoop or whatever. Yeah. I was hoping you'd ask him what he likes best. Oh, good question. He, I, ah, man. He didn't say. He had both on. Really? The aura ring and the whoop? Yeah. Really? He did. Yeah. <gasps> I mean, look, you're talking to someone who obviously is like a technology geek and you or him, him. 
wow, that's a geek. Wow. No. Well, I, look, I'm also in that camp. I'm sitting yeah. here wearing a whoop, hosting a podcast about optimizing your health. Like, I yeah. think I'd, I don't think anyone was doubting that I'm also a geek about this stuff. Yeah. Um, but no, I think he's just like, I think he just loves probably tracking it all. I, mean, yeah. I don't want to speak for him, but it's like, you can track all of this stuff. You can take action on it. See, if I were you, I would have also asked him how accurate they like, like if they track, if the numbers that they track, that they both mm. track, if they're, they're the same. If you notice that he was wearing both, you know how like on our bed, your HRV is sometimes right. different than on your whoop. Yeah. I mean, you just got the whoop, so it's still <sighs> getting used to you, I guess. But yeah. I would have asked him that too. I feel like I've asked that question of people. Maybe not. Okay. Um, I could have asked him. Sorry. <laughs> uh, Next time I'll do the interview. I think you really just want to know whether you need to get a whoop or an aura ring is I what know, it comes down to. Yeah. That's all I want to know. <laughs> what do you want though? I don't, I think I'd probably wear the aura ring better or more, mm. but I, I wouldn't want to sleep in either. Does it bother you to sleep in that bracelet? Oh, I don't even notice it. Really? I don't even notice it. It doesn't make your, cause when I wear a, uh, hairband on my wrist I have to take it off because my arm gets claustrophobic huh (laughs) (laughs) it feels like that's something we should dive into and when we first got engaged (laughs) yes please keep going I used to hate sleeping in my ring I was like I gotta get used to this even though I later learned because I was like the first of our friends to get engaged Mm. that you don't have to sleep in your ring you could take it off and put it in one of those little ring dishes oh wow well thank you for keeping that for me because that would have been uh without context at the time yeah you would have been a little concerning Although you used to hide our, your ring around our apartment. You would go like sleepwalk and hide your ring. No, that never happened. Yes, it happen? did. When yeah. did that happen? <laughs> you used to, one time we found it above the microwave. Another time it was in the bathroom. Another time it was in the closet. And I was sleepwalking when I did that? Yeah. Is that the story I went with at the time? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I just don't sleepwalk. I, well, that's the thing. I don't know if I don't sleepwalk anymore. I know. I want to set up booby trap for you. Yeah, you should. Oh my God, I should set a booby trap. Please don't. <laughs> but you'd get so upset. I have it... enough booby traps all over the house. Yeah. I'm constantly stepping on like dinosaurs. Actually, that would be so scary if you were still trucks. sleepwalking. That would really freak me out. Yeah, I don't think I do. I hope not. I mean, I can't even think of the last time I've had a sleepwalking story. This might uh, No, I love the whoop. Episode. I love the whoop. Here's why, I, here's why I got the whoop. And maybe people are interested in this, so I'll talk about it. Um, I got the whoop because I was very curious to see things like my heart rate while I was working out. And mm-hmm. I, you know, nine times out of 10, I'm going to weight lift over doing something like just truly cardio based. Yeah. Or I'm going to box if I'm, you know, like, and it's, yeah, it's better to have. Yeah, and so like the aura wrist. ring's just not, again, that's like a nice piece of technology. Like I don't want to lift in that thing. I'm sure it'd mm-hmm. beat it up and destroy it over time. So that's why I wanted the whoop because then I could like work out with it too. Yeah. Uh, but people love the aura ring. And they're cool. I'm also just not a ring person myself. Yeah, you're not. You know, you've you've pushed me to my limit here with this <laughs> <laughs> this chastity belt. That's okay. On my ring finger. Um, but yeah, no, I, I thought he was super interesting. I'm really excited to see kind of like what sort of traction LO Health has and, and companies like this in the space. Mm-hmm. Because for me, I'm like, of course. It's like if I'm gonna spend money on supplements. And you want it to be the right ones, yeah. Well, yeah, and like get the right ones for me. Mm-hmm. Well, here's the other thing. Maybe I should have made this my big takeaway. It's like how many episodes have we done where every time I try and ask like the expert, hey, you know, what's like the best way or what's the best thing? It's always like, well, it's always, you know, it's highly individualized. 
Mm-hmm. It depends upon the individual. It depends upon the person. Yeah. There's not a freaking topic that we've had where anyone will give me just like a simple answer. Yeah. And so it's like, you know, knowing all that, why on earth would you think it's like, you know, um, the best approach is to take the same supplement that they're just prescribing to everyone else just broadly. I know. I'm sure, you know, it's better than nothing. You would hope. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's just like, yeah, you should be tailoring these things. Agreed. Are you struggling over there? I'm just a little sleepy. <laughs> <laughs> we guess they're doing these earlier. All right. Maybe that's a good place to end for those who are still listening. We appreciate it very much. Yep. Um, there's a couple good shows coming down the pike. <laughs> They've been recorded. I'm really excited. One of them's about microbiome. Um, Biodome. Biodome. That one's a, that's a separate one. That one's pretty cool. That one I was a little in over my skis, but I really mm-hmm. enjoyed learning about it. Um, but no, there's some good ones coming. So I'm stay excited. tuned. All right. Hey, and also if you are enjoying the show, please make sure to subscribe and follow us wherever you're listening. You know, and also drop us a line. We'd love to hear from you. Bye. Until then, <laughs> talk to you guys next week.